thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Kelts. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, we are in the part six of this series called you're not my boss. And, and the idea of this series, if you've missed any of it, no problem. The idea is this. We all have these emotions that every day they are competing for control of our lives. And, and really, what we're trying to get a hold of and control of is these negative emotions. And so for several weeks, we've been talking about these negative emotions like guilt We've talked about anger, we've talked about envy, we've talked about fear, because what happens is if we allow these negative emotions to start to run our mouths, hello, or start to run our moods, what they do is they become the rudder for our lives, and they start to dictate the way our relationships go, they run all over our relationships, they start to ruin our lives. And so the idea behind this series is just to encourage you and remind you that you have the power within you to, to not let them be the boss of you anymore, come on, not to allow them to control your life and to ruin your relationships, but take control once and for all and say, I'm not gonna allow fear to be the boss of me. I'm not gonna allow anger to to be the boss of me. And, and my wife can tell you that I am a very an emo, emotional being. I'm, I'm very, very emotional. And, and I, I hope that she will tell you this morning that I'm 41 and we've been married for 20 years. And in the, the, the last 20 years, like today, she'll say that I'm better at handling my emotions, not allowing my emotions to, to be the best, the best boss of me. But early on, she would say, definitely, my emotions were the boss of me. And, and guys, I don't know if, can I get some help this morning, guys? What, it always, my boss, the, my emotions always became the boss of me when we got in the car, okay? And I started to drive, and she was in the passenger seat, right? So I got married when we were 20 years old. And she would always make these noises when I was driving, these noises that, does any, any man know what I'm talking about? Okay, we got some finger pointing. I'm driving down the road, and I hear this. <gasps> and, and I don't know why that noise would hit this nerve down deep inside of me. I'm telling you, <laughs> down deep inside of me. But just that little noise. And I look over her, and not only, she's like, oh, did you not slow down, Kevin? And, and, and not only that, now she's holding that handle. <laughs> right, that old crap handle, that, that we're all going to die handle. We're not even close to dying, right? We haven't even got close to getting in a wreck. She's making this noise, and now she's, she's pressing an imaginary brake. 
with all this, with the noise and the handle and the... And it gets to this point, and I'm just going to be transparent and honest with you, that I can't take it. I can't handle it. And so I allow her emotions to all of a sudden allow my negative emotions to come up out on the inside of me. And what comes out of me is, woman, I look at her. And I'm like, don't tell me how to drive. Start, st- stuff starts coming out of me. It's like, I'm a man. Right? Man, you ever said that before? I'm a man. I know how to drive. Don't disrespect me. Don't tell me. Women are, who don't know how to drive, I start, I mean, I really start just putting it in the mouth. I start getting that foot in the mouth. And I'm just tearing into her. You're going to disrespect me in front of my kids? Oh, my goodness. And you know what she does? Because she's, we're right around the same age. You know, she's not real old either. You think she, you think she just holds on to her, her stuff? No, no, no. Women are, it's proven, it's scientifically proven that women are smarter than men. And we do know. And we got a sixth sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Pastor, they have not listened for any of these weeks. I'm telling you, it's just stern fast. So y'all can all relate, right? And now emotions are the boss of me. I'm telling you. And I'm furious at her. And anger is just coming out. And, and disrespect is coming out towards my wife, Right? And along, the rest of the story is, I'm so mad, I'm like, I can't even be in the car with her. So I pull the car over at the gas station, and she ain't getting no drink. I get out the car, I'm getting me a drink. I go into the gas station, I grab me a drink, I put it on the counter. I'm furious, I'm seeing, she's telling me how to drive. She's talking about pulling a handle, imaginary brake, she's telling me. And the lady, the cashier, looks at me and says, I hope you're having a great day today. Will that, will that be it? And in that moment, in that split second, I go from my anger being the boss of me, and I flip a switch. And I go, well, th- thank you. And I hope you're having a great day as well. Yes, this will be all. And in that moment, guys, as just a young man, it hit me. Just, you can call it God speaking to me, the, just my, my spirit just coming alive, just growing up a little bit, but it hit me. It's not a bad thing that I'm treating this complete and total stranger with honor and respect. That's not a bad thing, but there's a woman in the car who is the love of my life, right? She is, is, is the mother of my children. She's the one that I have vowed to God to love and to cherish, right? For better and for when she's pulling on the old crab handle and the worst. And here I'm treating a complete stranger better than I'm treating her. And it hit me. My emotions are the boss of me. And this is not good. This is, this is not a, this is no, in fact, this is no way to live. And so I decide to go on a journey to say, 
I'm not going to allow my negative emotions to run my life because if I continue this, I'm probably not going to have this. I'm probably not going to establish God's kingdom in my marriage and in my relationship with my kids or in any relationship. Does that make sense? And so that's kind of what this whole series has been about. And I want to share with you this morning my journey and kind of some of the things that God has, has, has spoken to me and taught me. And the passage of Scripture I want to take you today is in uh, John chapter 15. And I'll put it up on the screen for you this morning. John chapter 15, and this is John quoting Jesus, speaking to him, speaking to a group of the disciples. Okay, And so remember, this isn't Jesus talking to you. Right? This is Jesus talking to a certain group of people at a certain time. And these certain group of people are the disciples. And, and Jesus is talking to them because they, he's preparing them. They are about to face the hardest thing that they've ever gone through. They are about to face some dramatic circumstances, some, some chaos. But what he's about to tell them is he wants to prepare them so that their emotions are not the boss of them and that they can keep their joy, that their joy can control their life, that their joy can be the boss of them. And this is what he says, and I quote, John tells us in John chapter 15, verse 11, John tells us that Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. So Jesus has been telling them a lot of things. He's been saying, listen, my words, the things that I've been telling you, I've been telling you all these things, and there's a reason. There's a reason I've been speaking to you. There's a reason I've been having a relationship with you. It's so that you will be filled with what? With joy. Come on, everybody say joy. You'll be filled with joy. And then he says this, yes, you're not only going to have joy, but your joy is going to overflow. Now say overflow. Come on, say it one more time, overflow. He says we're going to overflow with joy. We've been talking about overcoming a lot of negative emotions. And I want to talk a little bit about today a positive emotion, and that is joy. joy, uh, joy Jesus gives us a promise that our hearts can be controlled, and that we can be the boss of our negative emotions by allowing joy to be our boss. Come on, somebody. And he says that you can do this even in the situation when your wife is telling you how to drive, and she's pressing the imaginary brake, and everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, even in those situations that are high stress, that you can even have joy in those situations. Come on, somebody. So let me give you the secret sauce this morning of how to do this. And we're going to go to a book of wisdom, and it's in Proverbs chapter 4. And in Proverbs chapter 4, I'll put this up on the screen for you. Proverbs chapter 4 gives us some instructions on how to do this. And let's read this together. In Proverbs chapter 4, follow with me up on the screen. The writer says this in verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And this, this, is, this is talking about a relationship with God. It's talking about connecting to God. And as you and I, on a daily basis, make a connection with God, that he illuminates our path, right? 
he illuminates the next step, and the, next, the path starts to get brighter. It starts to get brighter and grow brighter. But the next verse in 19, he says this, but the way, everybody say way. He says, the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So you may shut off right quick and say, well, that's not for me because it's talking about the, the wicked. But really, that's not what he said. He said, the way of, of the wicked. How many know that anybody, it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, if, if you say, well, that's, that, that one's not for Christians. How many know that Christians can go down a way of the wicked, Right? So don't, don't just tune me out right now. He says, there's a point in your life where you're supposed to be connected to God. And when you're connecting to God, he is going to illuminate the path. That path is going to be illuminating. And illumination is going to lead you to things that look like joy, things that look like his kingdom, right? But when you take the way of the wicked, that leads to darkness, which leads to fear, which leads to, are you, are you picking up what he's laying down right here, which leads to anger? That's the darkness, okay? Any of us can do these things that he's talking about. And then in verse 20, he slows down. And I love it right here because my son is here this morning and, and, and it's like a father giving some advice to a son. And so think about that. I love Kagan. So the, don't, don't read this in a way that you think it's con condemnation. Okay. Read this as if somebody that loves you is sitting down with you and, and, and they're reading it in a tone that's love love. And so he says this, and, and don't cut me off at the first four, four words, because you may have heard this before, and you may jump back because he says this, my son, you're like, okay, I'm on that. Then you heard what a lot of your parents said, pay attention. And then you're going to read it like that, right? Hey, you tell your kids, all that, hey, pay attention. Pay, we say, but that's not, he's not saying it like that, okay? All I'm saying, look, if I said to Kagan, pay attention, it just means that you're focused on the wrong thing, right? Son, I just want you to fix your focus. You're, you're looking away. And, 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 and what he wants him to focus on is he says, focus on what I say. Remember, Jesus says, I have told you these things. I have been saying these things. So right here, he's saying, pay attention. Fix your focus on what I say. Tune your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Everybody say heart. For if they are, for they are, these words are life to those who find them. My words, pay attention to them. They're life to those who find them and their health to one's own body. That's what we need to be focusing on. This is what we need to be focusing on. And then he says this, verse 23, and this is, the, this is where we're going right here. And then he says this, above anything else that I've told you, the most important thing right now, above all else, Guard your heart. He says it in a nice way, not a mean way. Above all else, guys, guard your heart. And he tells us why. Because everything that you do flows out of your heart. Everything you do flows out of your heart. Now, listen, he could have said right here, above everything else, son, above everything else, guard your money. He could have said that. And listen, do we need to do that? Do we need to take care of our finances? Yes. Am I saying that's a bad thing? No. Please, take care of your finances. But he said, even above that, guard your heart. He, he could have said, above all else, guard your health. And do we need to do that? 
Yes, but that's not what he said. Okay, it's good to take care of your health, but listen, even above that, guard your, your heart. Guard, watch over. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Preserve, protect your heart. What is your heart? It's your inner man. It's your, it's your, your inner thinking. Come on, somebody. It's your, it's your understanding. Listen to me. Think about what you're thinking about. Don't believe everything that you think. Protect your heart. Guard your heart. And listen, in the society that we live in today, we have no problem protecting things. We just have this one backwards. We protect all else above our hearts. Listen, we, it was just a really, really hot summer, right? The hot summer that we just had. Dry summer I've had since we've lived here. And, and we have no problem protecting things. If you were smart and you were going to go to the pool or you were go to the beach or you are going to go to the lake, before you went there, what did you put on your skin? Sunscreen, right? You got your kids together. You just got it all over them, right? Why did you do that? Because you wanted to protect them from the rays of the sun. You put SPF 50, 100. Some of you are really light skin. You had the 200. I mean, you were just putting it on there, right? And that's a good thing. It's good to protect. But listen, many of us will protect our skin, but we give no thought to protecting our hearts. We give no thought to thinking about what we're thinking about. We just flippantly just be led by our emotions all the time. And he says, okay, listen, it's okay to take care of your skin, okay? It's okay to guard things, but I want you to also, even above all those other things, guard your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Ask your neighbor, are you guarding your heart? Now, here is some secret sauce ingredients this morning. It's one thing for me to tell you that. Well, how do you do that? In order for you to guard something, you have to first take ownership of it. Think about what I just said. In order for you to guard something, at first you have to take ownership of it. So, in order to guard your heart, you have got to own your emotions. Ugh. Oh, man. Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin. Woo. Okay, well, let's just talk about this. I'm not trying to get down on somebody. Let's just talk about this. Because here in our society, and I'll, I'll talk about myself included, we love to use phrases where we transfer the title deed of our emotions onto somebody else. Think about it. We say things like this. Well, she makes me so mad. And when we do that, it's not my fault that I'm acting like a jerk to her because she's the one over there making these sounds and pulling on the we're going to die handle and acting like a fool, pressing on the imaginary brake. She's the one that's, she earned this. She, and in fact, she made me mad. She made me mad. 
And what's awful about that is if she made me mad, then there's nothing that I can do about it. I am, a, I am locked in a prison of my emotions, and I've given her the key. She's the only one that has the key for me to be able to get out of this situation. And guess what? She right now is the enemy. She is mad at me. You think she's going to give me the key? No. So you think I'm ever getting out of this prison of depression, of anger? You think my life is going to be okay? No. And But this is what we do every day on a daily basis. We use phrases like this. We, we say things like this. Well, you know, I was in a good mood until they put me in a bad mood. I was in a good mood until they put me in a bad mood. Are you not grown? Come on. You're not a little goldfish that somebody can scoop up out and put into the bad mood bowl. Right? No. No. Listen, they just did something to you. And then you went to the emotion that was dictated by what they did. You had a choice in this. Listen, I saw this when Caitlin and Kinsey were growing up. I remember walking in when they were little bitty girls walking into their room and Kinsey taking a toy away from Caitlin and Caitlin just rearing back and just, just popping Caitlin. And I mean, Kinsey and then Kinsey going, ah. And I looked at Caitlin to get on to her, and I was about to say, Caitlin, and KK looks at me, and the first thing she says is, it's not my fault. She made me mad. And in her little mind, she was justified. It, she didn't want to hit her until she made her mad. I, I didn't walk in this room wanting to hit my sister, but she earned that hit right? And we laugh about that. But guys, this is how we live in our adult relationships at work, in our, in our relationships with our significant others, um, in our families. And so what we have to start doing, guys, is we have to now start to own our emotions. Instead of saying, that person makes me mad, we have to say, no, okay, listen, what they did was wrong. But I own it. I'm angry. I'm mad. I own it. I own my emotions. And in the same way, if I own something, then I can control it. I own this emotion of anger, and now I can tell this, because I own it, I can tell it what to do. So now I am going to encourage myself. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to act like this. I don't have to return evil for evil because greater is, in, is he that is in me than the situation that's going on around me. You see what I'm talking about this morning? I came here to tell you and remind you this morning, for too long we have given other people the responsibility and the ownership for our emotions. I say, let's take ownership for our emotions and I want to tell you this this morning. Write this down. I want you to know that your joy is your job. Yeah, we can smile at that. Your joy is your job. 
It's, it's just real simple. Just take ownership. Your joy is your job. So start guarding your heart. It's time to take responsibility and ownership for your feelings. The reason that you put a security system in your house is because you took ownership of that property. You didn't go next door and put a security system and a fence around your neighbor's property. Why? Because you didn't own it. You took ownership of this property, and you're going to protect it. So start to take ownership of your emotions, take ownership of your heart, and let's start to move forward. It's so important, I tell you guys, and I've learned this over 20 years of marriage, to take ownership of your emotions in marriage. And I'm going to tell you this, and you can write this down this morning to help you so much, a little nugget of wisdom. I have found when I, when I start to own my, my emotions that life brings chaos But even though life brings chaos, I can still keep my calm. And that has has become a goal of mine over the years. That when I started to learn that, that I don't have to allow my negative emotions to be the boss of me. Life is going to bring chaos. Listen, I don't understand what my wife went through with my kids or at work. I don't know the chaos that she went through before I see her after five every day, right? I don't know what I'm stepping into. I don't know what my kids just went through, right? So life can bring chaos. That doesn't mean that they're immature. That doesn't mean that they're bad people, right? Everybody just has chaos at some time. Life can bring chaos, but although they can bring chaos into my life, I can still remain calm. And I, and I challenge you guys to take ownership of your emotions and just make that a little goal this week. This month, this year, when you start to feel the heat turned up, when you start to feel the chaos come, say, you know what? I'm going to remain calm in this situation. Now, I'll tell you right now, many of you know a lot about my family, but Kagan and I are completely outnumbered. We are overcome with girls in our house, right? We got, I'm the proud father of, of, of three daughters. Even our, even our dog's a girl, right, Kagan? I tell you, listen, my sister has three kids. Two of them are girls. My sister-in-law, she has two daughters, both girls. Out of nine grandchildren, seven of the grandchildren are girls. And in the last several years of my life, I can tell you I found that girls are just a little bit more emotional than boys. And, and on my journey, I just kind of just find myself finding, you know, like, what, why are people crying so much, right? I, just, I come home sometimes to chaos, you know, and I'm like, honey, what's going on? And she's like, I, you know, I just, this is so bad. I just, they went upstairs to play with them, and, you know, and when I got to them, they told me I was a stupid head. They weren't going to let me be in their club anymore, and I was looking for you. And I'm like, honey, just settle down. You're going to scare the kids. It's just tell me what happened. Life will bring chaos sometimes, guys. But this is what I have found. If in the middle of chaos, I can bring calm, I shorten the length of the chaos. I have a friend who was telling me about a little situation that happened in his house the other day, and he was saying that... uh, 
he was just sitting there after work. He was really tired. Just wanted to kind of veg out and watch TV. And he, he has a four-year-old daughter. And she came home, or came into the room, and she, she had looked like two little um, Ritz crackers in her hands. And he was like, what's that? And she walked, and she says, Daddy, um, I, I made you a sandwich. And he goes, oh. And it just really melted his heart. He was like, oh, thank you so much. And so he just grabbed it, and he just ate it. Just, and, and, he, and he, it just went down real quick, you know. And he was like, oh, honey, that was so good. And she said, you liked it? And he was like, oh, honey, that was awesome. And she said, you want to know how I made it? And then it hit him. And he was like, oh, maybe. And, and she said, well, I, I went into the uh, kitchen and I found some crackers and then um, I found some some peanuts, and I chewed up the peanuts, and I, sp I spit them on that cracker, and then I found some raisins, and I chewed them up, and I spit them on that cracker, and I made you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and he was like, oh. And she said, do you want me to make you another one? <laughs> and he said, oh, no, honey, I am... I am full as a tick, I tell you. And then he said, you know, I bet your mom would like one, though. <laughs> and right when he said that, his wife walked by. And she, it made her furious. And she said, you know that I have an easy gag reflex, and you were going to let her spit on crackers and feed it to me. And he said, Kevin, she went from zero to crazy in a second. Like, I don't know what was going on. And she just starts telling me, just, nah, 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 nah. And I said, what did you do? And he said, what did I do? I'm not going to let her talk to me like that in my house. And I just, he goes, there's tons of stuff. I start telling her, man, there's dirty clothes right here. And all the, all the dishes are piled up. And I said, no, you didn't. And he's like, yeah, man, she, she needs to hear this stuff. And I was like, dude. I said, what happened? He said, I slept on the couch. <laughs> what happened? She went zero to crazy. And that had nothing to do with the situation that was going on. She just had, obviously, some stuff that she was dealing with. And she brought chaos. And in the middle of the chaos, did he remain calm? No. So did he shorten the length of the chaos? You see, a marriage is like, a canoe. Relationships are like being in a canoe together. And so if one person tips to the other side, what do you need to do? If they tip over to crazy, you better tip over to calm. Or you're both going over. You're going to sink, right? The relationship's not going to work. You're going under. And so I have found, guys, when you get into a situation, when somebody goes into chaos, you've got to remain calm. A couple years ago, the Lord took me to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17. I'll put it up on here because I love this passage. Prophet Jeremiah makes this statement, and he writes, but blessed, everybody say blessed. Who wants to be blessed? Yes, amen. Blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. 
they will be like a tree. And that's what stuck out to me, like a tree. It's kind of odd. They will be like a tree. The one that is blessed is going to be like a tree. And then, then hear what, how he describes this tree. This is a tree that is planted by the water, that sends out its roots to the stream. It says this, this tree does not fear. Wow. Does not fear when he comes. This tree's leaves are always green. This tree has no worries. In a horrible situation, because it says in a year of drought. And this tree never fails to bear fruit. I remember reading that and saying, God, I want to be like that tree. Because obviously it's a metaphor, right? I was like, I want to be like that tree. I want, that's the type of man that I want to be. And so the Lord had me go and do a study on two different types of plants. One of them is a tree. The other one is a flower. And I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture up on the screen for you. I started to study this very beautiful plant called the orchid. And that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful flower. And if you go and look up the orchid on the internet, do a little study, and you'll find out what you have to do to take care of the orchid. And the, the first thing that they say that you need to do is to take care of the orchid. Don't place your orchid. So when you get it, you understand when you get these things, they're not, they don't look like that. They're, they're like bulbs, and you have to like take care of them so that they'll open up and look as beautiful as that. Sometimes you can buy them that looks like that, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So it says this, you're going to take care of them. It says, don't place this orchid where it can experience cold drafts or exposure to direct sunlight. So not too cool, but not too hot. Very dry air, direct heat, and chills are the enemy of the orchid. Provided that your orchid is happy. I read that and I was like, what? What? The orchid that needs to be happy, okay. It says, it says, expect the bloom of the orchid to only last a week. Man. So I found a picture to show you how they, if you have an orchid, this is how you're supposed to actually water your orchid. Look at this next picture. You can't take water and pour it into the bowl where the soil is. You have to get a spritzer. And every day, you have to go up to it, and you have to spritz, spritz. Spritz, spritz. With a spray bottle. The instructions say to avoid, when you're spritzing, to avoid wetting the leaves too much. If you do get them too wet, get a tissue or a cotton swab and gently dab This is my favorite one. In the summer, open the windows so that the natural airflow will circulate in the air. In the winter or on the summer, in summer or on still days, use, get an oscillating fan to gently stir the air. Move around, move this around occasionally so that one spot is not being overblown. And I read this. And I thought, that is so complicated. 
The next thing I thought is, I don't even take care of my kids this well. I thought there has to be a book, right? Taking care of orchids for dummies. I searched it. It says, you can't have an orchid dummy. It's just, you can't do it. It's just so complicated. This, this plan is complicated. And, I, and I, I told the Lord, I said, I don't want to be an orchid. You know what the Lord said? You've been acting like an orchid in several places of your life in your relationship with Lisa. You're super complicated. She feels like she has to have an oscillating fan in this one part of your relationship just to be able to talk to you. Right? It's complicated. And I was like, man, listen, I was thinking about this. If you're the person that says, do you know what my pet peeve is? That's an orchid. Because that is the thing that sets you off. And you don't care. I don't care where I'm at or what's happening. And, and people are running around you with, uh-oh, oscillating fan. They're talking about the pet peeve, right? They're like, oh, get the cotton, get the tissues. We put too much water on them, right? Listen, I don't want my life to be complicated. I don't want to be a complicated person. I don't, I don't want people to have, I don't want my kids when they get home from school to have to walk on eggshells because they don't know if dad's in a good mood or not. You know, if he's being, the, his anger is being the boss of him today because mommy did his pet peeve again and now we just don't know. I mean, that type of person is an orchid. And can we be honest, all of us in some way and somehow are orchids. We all have our orchid moments, and the reason it is because we are not owning our emotions. We're not thinking about what we're thinking about. The reason is because we're allowing our negative emotions to be the boss of us. Listen to this. An orchid person is a complicated person. They don't guard their hearts, so they're unpredictable. They're inconsistent. Being in his or her life means you have to have a special knowledge of their difficult ways, but even if you do, you can never be sure of how they're going to react. The only thing that you can be sure of is they're going to have a dramatic reaction because the complicated person, the orchid person is controlled by their emotions. Being an orchid means I'm difficult to understand. I'm difficult to anticipate. You're going to have to walk on eggshells around me because you don't know if it's going to hurt my feelings or if it's going to upset me or if it's going to put me in a bad mood. And I just said, I don't want to be an orchid, right? Like my kids don't want me to be orchid. And they could they got many orchid stories about old, old dad. And they're shaking their heads right now. Right, chilies? Yep. That's me. Orchid. <laughs> I have my orchid moments. We all do. I remember years ago, like I was saying, when Lisa and I first married. When you're young, you're, you're always an orchid because you're, you're immature. And <laughs> we were just at the house and just hanging out. We just got finished eating, watching TV. Lisa leaves the room, and I'm just, you know, watching my show. Probably friends. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Lisa comes back in the room, sets down really hard, sighs, 
And he says, well, we're out of toilet paper. And I look at her and I go, okay. And I keep watching TV. Watching my show. And she goes, yep. Not a single piece of toilet paper in the whole house. <laughs> look at her and I go, all right, no toilet paper, thanks. And I keep watching TV. And you know when you can hear somebody getting angrier and angrier at you? <laughs> I can't even hear the show anymore. And I look at her, and I'm just young and dumb, guys. I'm like 20 years old. And I go, hey, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> no, obviously, Lisa, some, something's wrong. What's wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. Women. Y'all know where I went wrong because what, when she sat down and said, we're out of toilet paper, what was she saying? Get up and go get down the daggum store. Give me some daggum toilet paper, right? Men, why didn't I go get her some toilet paper? Because she didn't ask me to. I'm not a mind reader. Right? If you ask me to go get you some toilet paper, I'll go get you some toilet paper. I can't read your mind. But now what's happening is she is now mad at me, listen to this, for not doing something that she didn't even ask me to do. That's craziness to me. And now I am mad at her for being mad at me. Orchids. Orchids. Orchid moments, right? I got this friend. Where I'm 41. He's right the same age. It's not Pastor Jared. <laughs> and the other day I was talking to him, and he says, man, we're just getting so old. And I was like, yeah. I was telling, I was telling him, I was like, me and my wife are getting ready for bed the other night, and I have this sciatic nerve problem, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, rub, I'm looking in the mirror, like rubbing this ointment on my sciatic nerve, you know, and I limp, I limp into the room, and Lisa has her heating pad on, and I'm like, when did we get so old? <laughs> and, and my friend's like, yeah, man, we're just getting so old. I'm like, I know, dude, I, I, I feel it. He goes, no, you don't understand. You don't understand what just happened to me. I was like, what happened? I could tell he was going through something, man. Like, he was really upset. I said, what happened? He said, man, don't tell nobody this. <laughs> but I found a gray hair on my toe. <laughs> and I go, okay. He goes, no, 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 no. That's my body sending me a message. And I said, what? Wait, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Think about it. He goes, because, I mean, like, how much does it take for your body to make toe hair color? He's like, dude, 
It, it, isn't, it doesn't take that much. So my body is having to make decisions. Like, we got to start shutting stuff down just to keep him alive, man. It's like they're making decisions on do we keep toe hair color or eyesight? Toe hair color or eyesight? And they're like, shut the toe hair colors machine down. We just got to keep this guy alive. And I was like, you're such an orchid, dude. You're such an orchid. That's not a big thing. That's not a big deal. But this is what goes on, guys, is we allow ourselves to become orchids. And I told the Lord, I said, God, I don't want to be an orchid. I want to be a tree. I want to be an oak tree. Put this picture up. Look at this. An oak tree. See, I want to be a picture of strength and stability to my wife and my children, to my church, to my friends. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever had an oak tree on your property before. Did you ever have to water it? No. After a little rainstorm, did you have to run out there with your tissue and start dabbing the leaves of the oak tree? Oh, oak tree. After I have to bring out a little oscillating fan for the oak tree? No. It didn't. See, I want to be a person that people enjoy being around because I'm stable, because I'm a picture of strength. I want, I want people that, that when I come around, they're not like, oh, man, oh, here comes PK, man. Here comes Pastor Kevin. He's, he's probably going to be in one of those moods, you know. We've got to get, get the oscillating fan out. We don't know. We're going to have to pet his ego. We're going to have to do something because he's going to get I don't want to be like that. Like, if you get a call from me and you see it come, my name come up on your phone, I want you to get excited. I want you to go, man, I love it when he calls because he's always encouraging. He always got something good to say. He's got a great attitude. I don't want you to be like, oh, no, here we go going again with the, uh, you know, the gray hair on his toe, you know, he's such an orchid. This is what I want to be. I want to be the oak tree. I want to be user-friendly. I want to be complex. I'm not saying I want to be simple. I want to be complex, but not complicated. I want to be an oak tree. I want to be the person that someone can lean on and find comfort in. I want to be a source of shade for the people in my life. Orchids are delicate. They're beautiful, but they're needy and complicated. I want to be an oak tree. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be an oak tree. So we've talked about, you know, how to do that. It's taking ownership of your emotions. It's, it's guarding your heart, taking ownership of your emotions. And in closing, I, I just want to share with you how King David was able to do that. And it's just dealing with what's with what's within you, because you don't have any control on what's going on around you, right? The situations and the circumstances that happen in your life, you can't control those things. And I'll put this up on the screen for you. Psalms 42, verse 11. King David writes this. He said, why, my soul, are you downcast? So he admits that he's, he's down. He admits that he's upset. He admits that he's dealing with depression. That, but, but, but here's the thing. He starts to question it. He says, why so disturbed within me? And that's the phrase. It's not what's happening around me. 
that, that's, that's causing him to feel down. He says, no, I have control on this. What, what's going on? What's, what's inside of me? He's owning his state of mind. He's owning his attitude. And I love what he does. And this is what we can all do. If we start to own our emotions, we can go from being an orchid to an oak tree. We can start to swing our anger, right, to joy. We can start to swing our emotions. We can be a mood swinger. I'm teaching you to be swingers this morning. Is that all right? <laughs> mood swinger always had a bad connotation. We're going to change it at the exchange. Because we're going to be mood swingers, but we're going to swing from negative emotions to good emotions. And this is what David was able to do because he says this. He says, within me, he says, put, he speaks to his soul. He speaks to himself. He thinks about what he's thinking about. He looks over. His wife is grabbing the handle, pushing the brake. And in the midst of that, he says, for yet... I will, not what I feel. He, make, he owns his emotions and he makes a choice because he's grown. I will, I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. How did he do that? All he did, it's very simple, is he changed his concentration. This whole message is cyclical. Remember Proverbs? Pay attention to what I say. Teaching you how to change your concentration. What did Jesus say? I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Because they're about to go through difficult circumstances. Don't focus you're going through. Don't focus on how that person's treating you. Yes, yes, I know. I know what they're doing is not fair. I know that it hurts. Okay, but don't give them the key to your joy is all I'm saying. Don't give them the key. It's ridiculous. It's insanity, right? Hold on to the key. Don't add to the chaos. Remain calm say, why so disturbed within me? You know what? Yet I will praise him. He does it again in Psalms 103. He says, bless the Lord. And who does he say that to? His soul. You got to talk to yourself a little bit. In the middle of the chaos, Lisa, just a second, time out, time out. Kevin, 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 what are you doing here? What are you doing? <laughs> Don't act like a fool this time. Don't act like a fool. Okay, listen, what are we going to do? Yeah, 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 okay, listen. You got this, you got this, all right. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All right, time back in. All right. Now, I'll, I'll listen to what you're going through, babe. What's going on? What's going on? Talk to me about it. Right? What all you did was just change your concentration. He continues on in that same verse. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And then he starts to concentrate. Forget not all his benefits. So he just concentrates on God. 
He focuses on the Lord who forgives your iniquities. That's awesome to focus on. Who heals your diseases. That's awesome to focus on. Who redeems your life from destruction. Right? Who crowns you with loving kindness and mercies. It's awesome. Guys, listen to me. If your attitude is a byproduct of your circumstances, your emotions will always be out of control. But if your attitude is not a result of your circumstance, but it is a result of the character of God, wow, you can be in control of your joy. You can be a mood swinger, but in a good way. So look at your neighbor and say, change your concentration. So I'll give you a little illustration this morning. This is how we end. This water right here. It represents our life. And you know, when we wake up, everything always looks pretty good. Got a clean slate, got things going on pretty good. Listen to your favorite song. Get your coffee, stop by Starbucks, stop at your favorite gas station. Yeah, things are going good. And then you get that text from your boss. Right? You get that text from your boss. And life starts to drop in all kinds of stuff. Right? All kinds of chaos. And then... You have an expectation of somebody that you told them, you asked them to do something, and they said, yeah, and you can always count on this person. And then they didn't do it, right? And and, and then on and on it goes. One thing after another, life starts to drop things into your life. And before you know it, at the end of the day, you're feeling kind of, everybody say, blue. Right? I'm going to tell you something. You need to understand at the exchange, that's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling negative emotions. For years and years, I grew up in a mindset that was taught to me can, that you can get to this place where you can be so holy that you're not having negative thoughts and you're just, you're almost like God. You are holiness. You are righteousness. And it was because we were constantly, it was a mixture. It was not because of what Jesus did. It was also because of what I could do. It was how many prayers I could pray. And it was how many good things that I could do. And how many things that I could measure up. We just don't ever measure up. That's why he went before us and paid the full price, right? That's why his love is so good. Amen? Amen. So good. So feeling these thoughts, these emotions, these negative things is natural. All I'm saying this morning is in the middle of the chaos... What did he say? I have told you these things so that you will be 
filled with my joy. Pay attention to what I say. Right? Make a connection. When you make a connection, the path of the righteous grows brighter. Are you seeing this connection? So when you start to connect to God, you start to change your concentration. You change your concentration off of all these things that are going on. And listen, you start to focus inwardly on your thoughts. You start to understand that greater is he that is not somewhere out there, but is in here. He's on the inside of me. And when you start to change your focus, come on, you start to make this connection. And he says, I have told you these things so that you will be, everybody say filled. Everybody say filled. That you will be filled with what? My joy. You will be filled with my joy. And then he says this, yes, your joy will, somebody say overflow. Come on, it's going to overflow. When you change your concentration, it's going to overflow. It's going to overflow. Come on, somebody say it's going to overflow. 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 Look at that. change the concentration and where before you were blue you were allowing depression to be your boss you were allowing anger to be your boss you start to allow you go back into the heart you say bang just in the gas station. I was treating this total stranger. With way more respect and way more honor than I do you. never felt safe enough to confide in you about that, but because of what you just did, I feel that we're closer now, and so I want and you see what happens? And all of a sudden, my joy 
which is his joy, overflows into her. And then all of a sudden, she starts talking, and her joy starts to overflow and come to me. And now our kids are watching the whole thing in the back seat. And before, they were being raised by orchids. And now they see two strong oak trees. You know what they do? They go, I want to be like them. Instead of going, I can't wait to get out of this house. I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with this and this. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my dad. I want to be an old tree. Stand to your feet this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. For your love and your kindness, your mercy is never ending. <laughs> we thank you for that. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you this morning for teaching us for <laughs> love is slow to anger. Love keeps no record of wrongs. As we're going through our own journeys, all of us can relate to being orchids in some certain way, allowing negative emotions to be the boss of us in some certain way. And there is no condemnation. This morning, this atmosphere, we feel no condemnation for that. We thank you that in this atmosphere, we feel a, 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 a love, a grace. That's teaching us, that's that's calling us forward. I thank you for that, God. And so I just pray for all of my brothers and sisters this morning. I thank you for them. And I, and I want right now for them not to fo focus on the negative things of their life, but I pray that they would focus on the things that they have already been doing, the little things, Lord God, that you've already started to show them that the little steps of maturity that they've been taking, that's what we focus on, that we've already started to, to do. We focus on those things, Lord God. He said to study, to show yourself approved. And that's what we do. We thank you for that. And we ask all these things this morning.